This is Pastor Ernie talking, and you're listening to KTB Podcast. You must be born again! You are now listening to Keeping the Balance, KTB Podcast. Join us as we examine life as men, confronting tough issues, raw and unfiltered. Keeping it real while keeping the balance. This is the KTB Podcast. Welcome back to the KTB Podcast. I am your host, Ernie, with my main man, Red. What's going on, people? And what's going on? We are just going to jump right in. And uh, this this podcast, we have the privilege and the honor to have the one and only Pastor Ernie Toppin all the way from the UK. All welcome, the way welcome, from the boy. UK. <laughs> That's a round of applause right there for you. Pastor Toppin, thank you for taking the time. You know, you're five hours ahead. And uh, thank you for making the, the time to uh, to sit down with us and have this podcast. Yeah. We really appreciate you from the bottom of our hearts. 100%. Oh, Very it's, grateful. It's, uh, it's an honor. It's an honor to be on there with you guys, man. I know you're trying to do something, and I'm I'm just trying to help you. So yeah, I'm cool. It's Praise cool. God. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And so we we want to go ahead and jump right in. I'm so excited about this episode, man. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. So so Pastor Toppin, how how long? Just just for our listeners who may not know uh, your your background, how long have you been saved and preaching the gospel? I've been saved 31 years. Uh, I've been preaching for 22. And and this this is you got saved uh, in in London. Yeah, in London, 1991, there was a a huge revival that broke out, and uh, I just started drawing people from all over London, and I got drawn in from South East London, and the churches in like Northwest, so it was like the other side of London. And I ended up coming over here, and I knew something was happening. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, got involved. Now, now I've I've heard you in in different preaching. Whenever you've come and visit us here in Norfolk, Virginia, you you, you reference uh, Southeast London a lot, right? And so, yeah. what what so what what kind of place is Southeast London in comparison to like here in the United States? What 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 would you be able to draw just so that we could get an idea of how rough it was. Uh, the closest thing I've seen in, in America, the Southeast London would be, I was in South Central LA. It was just felt like almost, but very similar, like a real fatherless kids, uh, a lost generation, a lot of, uh, crazy violent fighting over territory, drug mm. wars is a similar thing, you know? Wow. Uh, but I think in America it's a little bit more accelerated because you guys got guns and we, you know, yeah, <laughs> right. we got guns. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, absolutely. And it's only I, gotten worse. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's only gotten worse. I mean, and and you know, music plays definitely plays a part, and uh, that's 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 part of your that's part of your ministry also. Uh, we were talking before we we went live on this podcast. We were talking. Raymond was mentioning how. How when when he first got saved, one of the first Christian artists that he was introduced to was yourself. You know, right. you have music on on Apple iTunes, on Amazon. 
I mean, you're in my playlist, you know, Spotify. you're on Spotify. And, and so I still have CDs. You still have the CDs. Yeah, I do. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, you, so you, 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 you definitely are a huge reference point, uh, in my life and in Raymond's life, uh, as part of our salvation. I've, I've been saved for 16 years. Raymond, you, you've been saved for 12 years, about 12, 12 years. And, and so, We've, we've been in the church and, and one of the struggles that I had coming in and uh, give my life to surrender my life to Jesus Christ and trying to do something positive for him. From what I noticed, uh, one of the hardest things for me to let go of was the music that I used to listen to, the hip hop and the R&B. You know, yeah. that was one of the hardest things I, I, I would live by this stuff. And so when I heard you come to our church and you and you sang the songs that you sang and you ministered, I was like. This is awesome. This isn't, this is easy. This other stuff is easy to let go when I know that there's, there's, there's a, a godly replacement. Yeah, that's exactly what it was, yeah. you know? And uh, so can you tell us about how you got into um, singing as part of your ministry? Well, before I was saved, I was into music. I was in the music business and I had a video out and you know, I was on MTV I had a manager. I mean, the whole nine yards. I was in it, and um, when I got saved, I, I was basically presented with a choice. Like, you know, you get, you're either going to go left or right, and I kind of knew deep down that what God wanted me to do was to just turn away from completely from uh, the world's music and just use my musical ability for God. Kind of worked that out straight away, mm. and uh, the good thing is I had a girlfriend who became my wife who she was on board with that she, and you know a woman can influence a man but she was like no we need to serve god wow. which is incredible when yeah. you think about it and um you know because of the financial side of it i, I mean i could have made a lot more a lot more money than what i made it but it was it was basically like left or right well wow. mm. i just chose the right way yeah no, you definitely did, and and it's it's evident that God has 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 anointed it and 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 used it to reach the the corners of this earth from from what I believe, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with your music and using it. And so you were you had a manager, you had a record label, I think that you you mentioned in the past, and you were on yeah. MTV, like you had it going on big time, and and you let that go for choosing Christianity and the way of Christ. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny because, you know, you say I had it going on. I've, I've, lot, I've met a lot of people who come from what was deemed successful backgrounds, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have the same thing in common. Like they, guys who are in gangs, you know, that, or, or, you know, quite successful drug dealers or, you know, people who was uh, doing well, in the corporate world, they they look like they got it going on, and mm-hmm. I looked like I've had it. Going on. You know, I looked I looked the part. I looked like a guy who was on the way up. But the loneliness, the brokenness, the the questions, the emptiness. The, in the end, they have to be answered, and the only way to answer it is Jesus. Mm. You know, yeah. it all led me there. You know, I suppose you know because outwardly, I did. You know, I used to go to nightclubs and. I'd get invited in by the the owner of the nightclub. Would be like, "Hey, Ernie," you know. It was kind of a wow. Who's that guy? How come he gets, you know? But it was just 
is, is empty. Yeah. Because because that stuff is all for the ego. Mm-hmm. But but Christ is for the spirit, for the soul, for the the inner man. And you know when you compare it, I, I suppose I looked like I I was on the way up, I was on the way down. Really. Right. I think I would have ended up. I think I would have ended up suicide. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No. You, yeah. Straight. You, I was you, going down. You say that, and uh, I, I think about a lot of these these artists nowadays, and you see like the uh, the drama yeah. and the lifestyles that they get caught up in now. And a lot of these guys are uh, and ladies are addicted to drugs, um, you know, yeah. suicidal, you know, living crazy lifestyles. And like you said, on the outside it looks like they're living the life, but on the inside they're just broken people. Yeah. I honestly think that there's there's a there's a vacuum once you hit a certain level of success. It's like an emptiness there. But like what is the point? And I, and I could feel that even I wasn't even at that place yet. Yeah. I didn't have national or international recognition. I was only in a group, a small circle of people could tell that I was going that way, and they were kind of confident. My manager was confident. He was a multi-millionaire. He could make things happen and. You know, he was getting me in certain positions, but there was this horrible, like, I, I had this feeling, I had this feeling, right, that where, when I get to the top of that, wherever that is, I'm going to think, this is, uh, the ladder that I've climbed up is against the wrong wall. Mm. No, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so this is, this is going to be a big, anticlimactic, empty experience. Because I met some people who were quite famous. I met a guy called Maxi Priest, who's a singer. I met Steel. I don't know if you heard of Steel, yeah, the singer. Yeah, I know both of those. Yeah. Yeah. But those guys, you know, they, they kind of seemed, it's like this madness surrounding them. Mm. And I just didn't want, I didn't want that. No, absolutely. So, yeah. Pastor, tell, tell us tell us what your uh, family looks like. On uh, you mentioned your your wife that she was your girlfriend at the time. You eventually ended up marrying her. What does your uh, family yeah. look like now? Well, I got two. I got three kids. I had, I had two kids at the time when I got saved. I got three now. Um, they are all adults. Uh, my son is thirty two. He just left here actually. <laughs> oh. Um, with with his son, they just left. Uh. My daughter's 36, and my other daughter is 26. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, my wife, you know, me and my wife, we, we're kind of empty nesters. Yeah. yeah. My kids are old, they've left home. We're um, living our second teenage years. Wow. And you look amazing, by the way. I, I would never imagine you have a 36-year-old child with a child. That's just, uh, you know, the old saying, they say, black don't crack. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you look good. You look good. Thank you. Thank oh, you. you. You really do. Yeah, that's right. Oh man, it's the cream. The, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know about the cream when the post. <laughs> man, Pastor. Well, uh, so so you got three kids. Thirty. You said thirty six. Um, twenty five. I believe the ages were. I'm sorry. I know you just said it, but I just thirty six, thirty six, twenty six, and thirty two. And thirty. My boys thirty two. My girls twenty six and thirty six. Yeah. Wow. Now, so them growing up and you choosing this route. Uh, how how has music, 
affected them as uh, as the years went by? How has it affected them? Yeah, how how um, has your music, your 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 ministry, you know, in 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 I'm into it. I mean, they 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 don't like the fact that. I'm known by everybody in the fellowship. That kind of gets on their nerves. Really? <laughs> you know, they just want to be themselves. They don't want to be like someone's uh, kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, but they're cool with it. I mean, it, it seems like they're very proud of me, I suppose. They yes. like the fact that their dad can sing and, you know, their mum sings. and Because you know, my, my wife done a lot of backing vocals. She's brilliant with harmony. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She gave me the right one. Yeah, I, I I remember hearing her in uh, some of the uh, the uh, songs that I've that I've listened to, you know. And then I I heard you mention in one of the uh, the last time that you were out here and you did a revival for us, you uh, you mentioned her singing in 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 some of the songs, and I was like, oh man, that's awesome. And I even went back and listened to to some of the songs, and I'm like, man, she could harmonize, yeah. man, <laughs> she could she could sing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's got a good yeah. So, so do I, do any of your kids uh, uh, have have any of that uh, singing talent or or any musical talent? Yeah, my son he can rap. Um, he don't rap much anymore, but when he was younger, he was pretty amazing. Now, to be honest, he's probably the best rapper I've ever heard. Get wow! Out. I mean, he's brilliant. I mean, wow. he's amazing, but he just doesn't pursue it like he used to. Yeah, mm. no, I hear you. There's a thing we he was on YouTube and he did this rap, and it says. Uh, it says Jake parked car bars, and it's like it's, it's my son. He's wearing a green jacket and he's rapping. Unbelievable! Sometimes I sit there and watch it. I think this kid really was good. You, know? <laughs> you said Jake um, parked car bars. Yeah, Jake. I think it doesn't say Jake Topping. It just says Jake. I'm gonna look that up. Park. I'm gonna find it. And yeah, I know I know a lot yeah. of the kids listening to this. They're gonna look it up too. Yeah, they are for sure. Yeah. He's, he's, man. Honestly, when he was a little kid, I used to be like, yeah, whatever, Jake, you know. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, he started getting this flow. Okay. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. And I've started to realize rapping really is an art. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know? And he was very, very good at it. Shocking. Yeah, I've just found it. Jake Parked Car Bars, Gospel Cypher. It's him wearing a green jacket. It's about 12 years ago, I think it says. Oh, wow. Wow. I can't wait yeah, to look that up. Pretty amazing. Hmm. That's awesome. But yeah, they, they, they're pretty talented. My, both my girls can sing, but they just do not want to. They're not really public people. Yeah. They can really sing. Yeah. Man, that's beautiful. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that, the reason why I ask is because I, my kids, you know, and and I don't have much of a singing ability, but my wife does. She comes from a family of 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 a lot of singers. And and so I just yeah. kind of look at my son has picked up some of that, and so has my daughter some musical talent. She she can play instruments. He can pick up an instrument, and he could just start learning it, you know, just off the bat. And I'm like, man, that's it. It blows my mind how some of that stuff is. Um, don't know if it's if it's passed down or or what, you know. But um, but I know that our our kids can can pick stuff up from us as parents, and and so I'm, I'm yeah. sure as as they saw you singing. You know that they probably felt inspired to do something. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's... A lot of kids in our church started to really get into music. Um, you know, after they heard me singing, it's like it. It was a wave of it. It just kind of 
blew up. But there was guys before me. You know, that's, that's the thing what people don't realize. There was guys before me in the church who were bad as well. Yeah. Wow. You know, they've come, because in London, there's a lot of sound systems, Jamaican sound systems, and the guys who sing on these sound systems and, and who, who rap, they're excellent. What? They're as good as, you know, yeah. That's where Maxi Priest came from. All these guys like Tipper Rank, um, you probably never heard of none of these people. Maybe you heard of Maxi Priest, but I the have. rest of them, they all came. You heard of Maxi Priest? Yes. Yeah, he's from he's from Southeast London, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean? I didn't know that. <laughs> he's from Southeast, man. So anyway, these these guys would have house parties. And they would sing and rap in these parties, and that's kind of how I got into it. Ah, oh. yeah. So, so I have a, I have a this, question. This a yeah. So I have a question. What, what is your, uh, what is your creative process like when it comes to uh, making music? Um. Well, it's all different things. Sometimes someone will say something, right? And it will be like, "What did you say?" Like one time, I was in a car with a bunch of pastors, and depending on who you believe, one of them said because they all said they said it, but one of them said. Everybody loves the baby, but they crucified the man. Oh, I know that's. I happen to know it was. It, it was Pastor Paul Graham who said it in mm. Australia. He said everybody loves the baby, but they crucified. Like, what did you say, man? It hits you. That's an incredible statement, right? Yeah. That's like a wow. Yeah. That's like no, that's that's a song, right? Mm. That's, that's that's poetic. That is that is seismic. What you just said, and so I'm thinking, how can I make that? And so it just built around that. But other times, it's it, when people witness, when when I witness to people, it's the things they say. Mm. And, and uh, you know, like I, I would say that's what makes our fellowship's music unique because it's not for Christians, it's for sinners. Mm-hmm. That's right. But I did a song called Eternal Life and most of it was based upon what people have said to me. Yeah. Wow. Um, the, the song goes, um, I don't know if you remember, it goes, some people ask me why, if God is so good, why is there so much pain in my life? Mm-hmm. And that's what people say, you know. Yeah, yeah. Thought, Man, this, is, this is lyrics these people are saying to me. Wow. And then the, the, the comeback is, I'm here to tell you why. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm. I start singing back to these people. Yeah. We don't the need no God. Stuff. We don't need yeah, no yeah. team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There that's, you go. That's people saying that's, that. That's witnessing. Yeah. Yeah, people say that stuff, man. Wow. Yeah. So you some live Some of it, it will be like, some you, of it, yeah, uh, you live this stuff. Especially as a pastor, like you're preaching to people all the time. You're trying to tell people about Jesus. And so some of the stuff they say, and, and some of the scenarios you find yourself in, it's very frustrating. Like, every day I watch people throw their lives away. You know what I'm saying? That, that becomes a song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People dying in their sins day after day after day. You know, it's, it, it's so poignant, you know. Mm-hmm. They're watching these people and they're not listening. Then you have to sort of think how they think. Yeah. And then try and answer them. the questions I ask. What's life? And I, and I would you know, imagine that's how you're you're able to put so much so much passion into your into your music. It's like uh 
It's like a, you, you have yeah. an urgency in your message and you want people to just listen to you. It's, it's just like you got the antidote yeah. and then you're just like, why won't you just listen to me? Listen to the words yeah. that I'm saying here. And it's just, it, yeah, just, yeah. it hits, it hits differently when you're, when you're, when you have a, your why is very clear to why you are doing what you're doing and, uh, and the music that you're putting out. It's just, it's just like yeah, I said, yeah. it's, it's awesome. But that's the that's the hallmark of our fellowship. Like we're not just Christian entertainers, and we're not just trying to entertain people. What we're trying to do is win souls. Right. So when one of us speaks or sings, we're we're not. You know, our founder, Pastor Mitchell, and and Pastor Warner, these guys, they didn't. They're not playing around. Right. You know, they're trying to grab you around the neck and say, "Look, listen, you need to repent. You're going to hell. If you don't repent, you will go to hell." But here's the answer. Here's the good news, the gospel. Whereas the Christian world is like, come along to our friendly family church. Sorry to do the American accent. That was good. But it's that always an American accent. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> friendly family church. We have Starbucks in the foyer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> get, get to the point, man. We're trying to win souls. Right. You know what I'm saying? This is a desperately important message. You know, you can't fluff it up. This is like, if you don't listen to us, you're going to spend the next 20,000, 30,000 years regretting it. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. It's yeah. deep. We can't play with you. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. No, and you know what? You you said something very, very interesting that I don't think a lot a lot of people normally catch when it comes to the uh, type of music, like you said, that our fellowship puts out, right? And uh, where it's not for the Christian, it's for the sinners. And I definitely, when I first started coming out to church and you first, when I first saw you do a revival in Norfolk, it was in our old building. And, um, and I was still a new convert, you know? And I still, and I had these questions in my mind where it's like, you know, what, what did I really leave behind? You know, because sometimes we can be, uh, is yeah. am, am I going through the motions or is this something real? You know, am I really going to be about this life or am I eventually going to go back to the world that I used to live in? And some of the songs that you're yeah. saying, like, like revolution, mm. that revolutionized my way of thinking. Like it definitely ministered wow. to me because here I am a new convert and I'm, and, and you're like, what this world needs is a spiritual revolution, you know? And I'm yeah. like, and I'm like, yeah. That's right, you know, and it made me think of how extreme I was when I was in the world. When I was in the world, I I was born and raised in Queens, New York, and I used to run the uh, streets. At one point, I, I I rolled with the Latin Kings, which is a gang out there, and and I'm not necessarily proud of the things that I did, but one of the things that I do recognize is that I was very extreme about the way yeah. that I live life. Very extreme, and and I was very very pointed in 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 what I wanted to do. In the world, you know, and that was damage, that was violence, that was getting over somebody, that was cheating and stealing. And here now, yeah. I've given my life to Jesus Christ, and I, I, it's, it's like no, I that spiritual revolution. Hey, as extreme as I was for the for the world, yeah, let me be just yeah. as extreme for Jesus, man. Yeah. And it just, yeah, uh, it, it just connected some things with me. And and you're absolutely right. It's for the sinner. And and it yeah. definitely ministered to me because here I was in church, brand new, and it ministered, and I was like, "This is exactly what it is," you know. 
you know, it's funny, right? It's funny you say that because you, you sound to me like you, you was a pretty aggressive guy out there, right? Yeah. And Jesus, the real Jesus, Jesus Christ, the real Jesus Christ, did not neuter his men. He left them masculine. He, he left them as masculine men, and he wants masculine men. Oh, come on, somebody. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. It, it doesn't want no, no kind of effeminate-looking... You know what I'm saying? He's not onto that. Noodle he backs. wants men to be men, and he wants them to be aggressive in the pursuit of the ideals of the kingdom. Yeah. And and that's what I felt. I, my first pastor was very masculine dude. He was like a gang boss. You know what I mean? He's like, <laughs> he's like, we're going here, we're going to take Dominion, we're going to go to Leicester Square, and we're going to set up the PA, and we're going to take authority. And we're like, yeah, let's do this. Come on. And we're all a bunch of bunch of gang members from different gangs. We all got saved. I mean, I was from the Cyrus Magic. Uh, Pastor Jimmy Robinson was from the Tipitone. You know, these guys were from the street. Yeah. And, they, and now they're in the, they're, they're in the, they're in, they've come from the hood. You know, Pastor Steve Gabriel come from Hackney. I mean, that was, at the time, Hackney was like, you know, rough, man. I mean, these guys are coming from, they, 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 they're sort of, you know, ex-drug mules, ex-criminals, and they still had that aggression to make it. They wanted to make it for Jesus. They want to. They want to promote Jesus. They're not pushing drugs now. They're pushing right. Jesus. That's right. Yeah. And they're doing it aggressively as well. They're like, man, we need to tell people this. Stuff. Come on. Obviously, we're not going to like hurt anybody, but we're going to actually. We're going to. We're not going to back. You know, when you you look at we're going to speak know, way, out. Yeah, we're going to speak out. And the way the way Christians at the time, and even more so now were and are they were kind of apologetic and I'm sorry if I'm offending you and you know mm. be so sorry it's like look man you need to hear this yeah. I'm not sorry you need yeah. to hear what I'm saying if you don't if I walk away from you and I don't tell you this you're in trouble mm-hmm. wow I make no apology for telling you straight that you're on the way to hell you need to listen to me yeah that's and, right. and we, we never lost that you know we never lost that Man, that's amazing. Can't get diverted. Man, listen, that yeah, that what, what what you just said it was really really encouraging, you know. And it's it's like I mentioned earlier, we took a team out to the Bronx, New York, and I was talking with the pastor there. The pastor there has been there for for twenty years, laboring, and and he yeah. uh, pulled me and the other youth. Uh, 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 he's going to get sent out soon to Tampa, Florida, you know to to pioneer a church and, and and so he came up there he's the one that led the trip and i was there assisting him uh brother enrique jr pizarro and um and he, pastor aviles pulls us into the office and he's like listen listen people out here are hard okay they, they're not they're not gonna take any of this they'll be nice and they'll take a flyer from you but everybody's out here giving flyers everybody's out here at verizon's giving flyers mm-hmm. there's this next gimmick that's giving flyers there's a club flyers and so everybody is used to taking flyers from somebody he's like but that's not what we're here to do we're here to make impact and so the only way that we could do that is if, if we talk to them and we 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 push and they're not gonna stop they're gonna keep walking yeah. and what you got to do is walk with them where it's like, hey, all yeah, right, listen, exactly. I, I got to tell you this. Hey, listen, when I went to Northampton, we used to walk with people. At first, I was the only one that did it. But all of a sudden, you could spot my disciples because they would be walking next to the guy saying, let me talk to you just for a second. I've got to tell you something, man. This is important. Where are you going to go when you die, man? Mm-hmm. If you die right now, where are you going to go? Heaven or hell? It's important. Let's think about it. Mm. You know, because there's no point trying to 
I mean, obviously, people are going to try and throw you off and tell you that they're okay. Sometimes you hit the right person, and they they'll get saved on the spot. No, yeah, and that's, that's what true. we're aiming for. Yeah, yeah. no, that's, that's right. right. Making making real real contact. Yeah, sometimes it just takes pressing in just a little bit more. You know, being a little aggressive because you know sometimes people try to blow you off. Yeah, I got a church I go to. Oh, when was the last time you went? Uh, yeah, about two years. And you're like, and then and then the truth starts coming up. But it takes that pressing in just a little yeah. bit, a little bit more for people to open up. And you know what else? When they see that you care about them, yes, that's man, right. they realize because and you got to be able to communicate. Look, care about you. Don't want you go to hell. Yeah. You know, I don't know you, but you're a person. You're a valuable human being. Yeah. And what I'm telling you is the most important thing you're ever going to hear in your life, and you need to listen to me. And and they kind of realize this, this guy's for real. Mm-hmm. And then they and then you know sometimes they actually they pray on the spot. Sometimes they they walk away and they don't get saved because of you. But maybe a year later, yeah. somebody else tells them from some other church and planted that seed. They get saved. Yeah. No, Thank they're... God we're not the only thing going on in the world. Yeah, no, that's that's right. And, you know, I, I had a real, real key contact with this one individual and I'm praying that he he ends up going to church because he ended up really hard on the outside. Uh, he, He's 50, 56 years old, Rastafarian. Right. He's got the long dreads. He's yeah. got the 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 fitted. He's in the streets, you know, so he looks like he looks the part, man. And and he. I, I I just stopped and I was gonna walk right by him and he was sitting on on a park bench and then I'm like some something told me no 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 you go talk to him so I went and talked to him and I said hey listen man I don't know why but I need to tell you I need to invite you out to church and I just want to tell you that there's hope in Jesus bro like I don't know what you're going through and I don't know what you've been through but I'm here to tell you that it's gonna be okay if you turn to God God's got your back and he looked at me with this hard look in his face like. Like, who do you think you are type of look, you know? And he's like, um, no, listen, man, can I, can I be straight up with you? And I was like, yeah, man, shoot, shoot straight with me. And he goes, listen, I've been out of jail for about 18 months and I was locked up for 18 years for putting three bodies down for, for putting three bodies down. I got locked up for 18 years and I've been out for a year and a half. Now I got out and nobody was there for me. The people that I was counting on being there for me, they're, they're not there for me. My family's not there for me. My kids aren't there for me. The only person that I was relying on was my cousin. And my cousin turned his back on me. I got nobody. And he's like, I don't want to be out here in these streets. I don't want to be living this life because I'm not trying to go back. I won't go back. And he's like, but here you are telling me that if I turn to Jesus, that he's got my back. Does he really? And I was like, yes, absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Why would I stop just out of nowhere just to tell you that this is not this is not a coincidence? And I began to press in a little bit, and he 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 felt that I because I cared. I genuinely when yeah, I saw yeah, how broken yeah. he was, that 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 pulled yeah. my heart, man. That pulled my heart, and I let him know. And it's almost like he felt that because he stood up, teary eyed, and everything, and he gave me a big old hug right after I prayed with him. And I was like, this is what it's about, man. This is what yeah, this right yeah. here is what it's about. And it just yeah. that that trip, we went out there for that church. But a lot of times when you press in like what you're talking about, you end up benefiting, you end up benefiting from that a hundred percent. And you so, know, one of the best moments of my entire life, right? I was in Papua New Guinea, right? Like, which is 
they call it the edge of the ends of the earth. That's what they call it. It's, it's north of Australia. It's out there in the ocean. It's near Indonesia, but you know, nobody, nobody quite knows where it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's one of those places. It's like, and, and you know, jungle. People with, you know, honestly, people with beers not too far from where we were. Wow, wow. And and I witnessed to some people over there. They got it's It was one of the high points of my life. Like it was a weird scene because I, I was over there and it was Christmas time, just about to. I think it was the 23rd of December and I had one day left and I had to fly back and get back home to be with my family on Christmas. It was a big sacrifice, but it was the only time I could do it. The amount of people that got saved. Mm. Man. It's just winning souls is, is it, you know. People say, man, what's going to give you the best buzz? What's the best rush? What's the best high? And I've done everything. I've done amphetamines. I've done LSD. I've done coke. I've done all these drugs, and the only one that really blows your mind, the thing that blows my mind, and never you never come off of it, is soul winning. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know? Oh, yeah. You, I mean, you guys you guys look like you've done some stuff. Oh, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, you know what I'm saying, sure. I, oh, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've messed with coke, you, too, man. and I've messed with drugs, and, I mean, I lived in the streets, and I did a lot, a lot of stupid things, so I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. and I relate 100%, Pastor. Yeah, and there's no regret. Yeah. You know, the thing that I've, yeah. after doing all of these things in the world, you do it, you get drunk, you, the next day you throw up, you're hungover, you regret it, but not once have I ever regretted um, being able to speak into someone's life or presenting them the gospel and, you know, just pouring my heart out into somebody. I've never had any kind of regret. I've never come down off of that. So just like you said, no. it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a continual, like uh, you're, you're, it, it's something that gets satiated in your heart and in your mind when you're able to help somebody out of a situation that God has helped you out of. And you can, you can, you say there's hope, you know, God got me out of this. And I know for a fact that he can get you out of it as well. And he will get you yeah. out of it. And it's, 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 yeah. it's unmatched. And, and the world has nothing that can even come close to replicating. You know, it's all, it's all fleeting. It's all temporary. Yeah. You all know? temporary. Yeah. Well, Pastor, so quick question for you. All right. Who, who were key people in your life and salvation uh, that encouraged you and pushed you to do something for God? Well, there was a guy who uh, who went before me in the church, and uh, his name was Harry. Harry Henry. He's a pastor now. He's, he's a missionary in Jamaica. Wow. And when I got saved, this guy, he absolutely influenced me, man. I mean, I was. the story goes, I went to the Bible study. I've been saved like 24 hours, and there's a Bible study, so I went. And as I walked in, I was alone, and I walked in, and he's there. Him and you know, a few people singing, "What a mighty God we serve, yeah. worshiping God." And I, and I walk in, and I'm thinking, "Look at these people, they're good people." Mm. And condemnation. I'm like, "What are you doing in here, man? Mm. These people are good people, man. You're a bug, man. You should be out. You should come out. You're polluting this atmosphere right now <laughs> by your by your presence." By the very fact that you're in here, you're just destroying it. You should go. And I turned and I was going to walk out. And he stopped me and he went, hey, what's going on? like, yeah, I'm going to go. No, 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 come in, man. Sit down. And that was a turning point. That guy, 
he taught me everything. Taught me how to follow up. Wow. Taught me how to, you know, how to, how to have dinner with your family. Yeah. You know, I never saw people eat dinner in real life until I went in his house. Wow. You know, and I eventually took over his church. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he, 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 I, I would say him and then another guy called Jimmy Robinson, Pastor Jimmy Robinson. His zeal, his passion, this guy is on it. Mm, yeah. You know, and together, me and him were like fireworks, man. We just, we just, we, we exploded. You know what I'm saying? Me and him together. Yeah. And that guy, Harry, and a few other key people. When you put all these people together, it was like explosive. Because we weren't doing it for, you know, glory or money or, we were doing it for Jesus. We was like, man, we're going to burn out doing no. We don't care if you think we're crazy. We don't care what you think. Mm. We, this is the most important thing anyone has ever done anywhere in any time in life. We are privileged that we are allowed to do this. And, you know, those guys are still like that. They're still hardcore. Man, that's you know, awesome. Hardcore people. Yeah. I suppose it's the, it's the equivalent of, you know, them old gangsters who are still gangsters. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, you got you got them in London. They're old men. They're 70, 60, 70 years old. They're still on the street, still doing it. Mm-hmm. They're still crazy, still fighting, still getting drunk, still taking drugs. And and it, and it's, it's, it's gang life. They they they're like that for life. Yeah. Well, it's it's like these guys are the same, but they're Christians. Mm. But they're not they're not gangsters. Don't get me wrong. But they're yeah. just sold out. They're, they're sold completely out. sold out and still sold yeah. out. Even to yeah. the test of time. Yeah, even, I mean, Pastor Jimmy's wife passed away the other day. He's still pastoring. He's still doing it. He's still yeah. sending out, he sent out three churches last conference. Wow. You know, S- Pastor Harry, it doesn't matter what happens to these guys. They just keep fighting it out. Yeah. And they are, they've, you know, in answer to your question, they've, they've influenced me a lot. And Pastor Nigel Brown as well. He, he, he's an incredible Person. He's like a billion dollar person. You know what I mean? He's like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, he's like one of those people in it who just, he's just an amazing person. Yeah. He's got this heart. It's just a massive human heart for people. And his influence is, is just all over the UK fellowship. Man. These people are just, they, they inspire mm. you. You know, people look at one person, they look at me and they go, man, you're in it. But no, I'm glad you asked me that because. There's a whole network of these, these people, man. Incredible people. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's that's one of the reasons why I wanted to ask because we, we, we see Ernie Toppin, but we but we know that every person has their story. Every person has those key people in their lives that helped propel them, you know, and helped helped influence, helped as a reference point or as an example, you know, and moving forward. And that's why I personally wanted to know, I'm being greedy by asking that question, but I know that a lot of our listeners would, would definitely want to know, you know, that it's, 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 there's, there, there are key people. And like you said, uh, there's something about these people, you know, because you mentioned that they're still, that they're not burnt out, that they're still out there laboring and doing something for God, man. That's amazing. And it, also, I want to mention the church man, I'm from, Waltham, Waltham Forest Church. It is an incredible church. I mean, there's people in that church, man, they're just so faithful. It's incredible. You know, they, they, they don't care about, it's like they just sold out. They, you know that text where it says, seek first the kingdom of God, right. and all these things will be added unto you. Like, they understand that. Right. 
they put God first. And because of that, God just seems to bless their lives. Mm. You know, there's, there's certain men, you know, and women in that church. They're just incredible people. And they, and they inspire me. And they and they say to me that I inspire them. I think, what? You, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like all I can see is, 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 is them, the way they are, the way they think. Kind of mistaken myself. I wonder what Bobby would do right now, Edward. Or these guys are amazing people. Wow. They they think in a certain way, like for the kingdom. They don't think just about. It's not about them, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're, like, they're intensely like kingdom oriented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and when you're brought up in that atmosphere, that's how you become. That's why that church produces these these men and women who are just constantly going out and. Fighting out uh, and fighting it out in cities and just having revival, yeah. Because they were brought up in that atmosphere. You know? mm. No man, that's 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 key right there. That's that definitely makes makes sense, and that brings that's encouraging. What you just said, because yeah, there there are, and even like I'm, you're you're saying that, and I'm trying to think of folks in our church that have been uh, that I can look at as. Man, they've 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 stood the test of time, and they're still there. Their faithfulness yeah. is still there, pushing forward. And I could definitely yeah. think of some man. That so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. When when, I think when every church has those special people, doesn't it? No, absolutely, absolutely. Every every church, like you said, yeah, uh, has has special people, and and uh, and that's what I see in a lot of our 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 fellowship churches mm-hmm. for sure. You know. Um, and so you mentioned that that church still thrives and sends folks out and, and helps condition young disciples, you know, uh, to, to be propelled and go out and preach the gospel. When did you first feel called to preach the gospel and how did God reveal this to you? Well, it's weird because I was with, um, Pastor Alan Jenkins, who's an evangelist out of, uh, uh, Chandler now. And he was, he was an evangelist out of Wolfenstein at the time. And I used to travel with him and we went to Nigeria. And we're in Nigeria, and uh, we did this outdoor crusade. And I'm kind of standing there watching him preach. And I'm saying, man, I have to do that. I've got to get myself together. I've got to preach. And I began to pray to God under the Nigerian sky, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, God, you know, what's, what's happening with me? I want to do this. God says, get, your, get yourself together. Get ready. Because you're going soon. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was like a year before I went. And then, wow. of course, Karen, had, my wife Karen had a dream. And uh, in the dream, she dreamt that we went to Northampton and we took over Pastor Harry Henry's church. And then we both started laughing. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But then a year later, that's exactly what happened. Wow. Man. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Man. Yeah. You can't say that something like that's a coincidence, bro. No, not at all. You can't, you know. Wow. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's text where it says people would dream dreams and see visions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like that, you know. You saw, saw a dream, man. He was like, we're going to do this. And we knew we were going to have revival in that team. Mm. We knew, man. We just, it's just like a sort of a swagger, like, we're going to have revival in this city. Like, no matter what we saw with our eyes, we knew in our heart. You know? Wow. Yeah. Stuff would go wrong. We still held on to it, and eventually, that's what happened. We had revival. Man, and then we left. Pastor Peter Zeal took over. 
and he started sending out churches, man. He's there and he's, he's, he's rocking and rolling right now. And Phil, Pastor Phil was, was my friend, you know, in Walthamstow, you know. And uh, he took over my old church, man. Wow. And he's, he's, he's killing it. He's killing the game, bro. <laughs> killing the game. <laughs> he's killing the game. Yeah, man, he's, he's that's encouraging. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. But Pastor, so what what's your take? And I know we spoke about this before we actually started recording. Um what's what's your your take on music and its effects on a person in today's generation? Man, music. Music affects the way people dress, the way they think, their mindset. It changes the spiritual climate in their life. You know, these kids, they go to sleep listening to this music on their headphones. They wake up a different person. They don't want to mm. listen to their parents no more. They're angry. They're violent. You know, they, 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 I brought up some things I want to show you. There was a, in 2009, there was a murder that took place in, in the U.S. And this guy, when they questioned him, they said, you know, why did you do that? And he said, well, it's the music I listen to. And, and he, he introduced the officers who arrested him to this music called horrorcore, which is a different genre of, of rap. Wow. You know, and, then, and then there was a guy who killed his whole family in Arizona, actually. And they questioned him. He said, why, you know, what made you do that? And he said, well, Eminem told me to do it. Wow. <laughs> you know, like music is definitely something that people don't understand the power of it. Have you heard of Alistair Crowley? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know who that guy is? He's yeah. the uh, creator so he was, of the uh, Satanic, uh, Satanic Church, right? Yeah. Yep. But this guy, he was a Satanic priest. He was a MI5 spy. He was a, a warlock. He was a sexual pervert. He was a drug addict. And this guy had influence over so many musical artists. Yep. And it, it, this book he wrote, it, 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 you see the words of this book. It's called The Book of the Law. And it, and in this book, he says, you shall speak backwards, you shall walk backwards. And if you listen to the music of the Beatles, it's backmasking. Michael Jackson, the famous moonwalk, he's walking backwards. Mm. You know, Michael Jackson's album, I think one of his albums, he's got a picture of Alistair Crowley. Yeah, it's yeah. got references of him on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a picture of Alistair Crowley on the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper album. The Beatles, Sgt. Pepper song, he says, it was 20 years ago today, Sgt. Pepper taught the band to play. That album came out 20 years after Alistair Crowley died. Wow. I mean, it's too many coincidences. This, this yeah. guy influenced, you know, Michael Jackson's Dangerous, that's the album. So this guy influenced these people in such a way that he, he, he you know, he, 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 his influence over modern music is phenomenal. Led Zeppelin are into him, Jay-Z's into him, Lady Gaga's into him, Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath mentioned him by name in one of their songs. Jay Z has a T-shirt with, mm -hmm. with the, the word "Do as thou wilt." Do what thou wilt. Yep. Mm -hmm. You seen that? Yeah. 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 yeah these guys. Ozzy Osbourne all, as well. You know, they, Ozzy Osbourne. They cover one eye. All of them. Yeah. Like he says in the book. You know, this is like a, a, a demon working through this guy. And, um, you know, you see his influence in modern music. You see his influence in modern culture. You see his influence in, in uh, the way people behave. You know, the mantra of the 60s was, if it feels good, do it. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
And that was that was taken from his mantra, which was "Do what thou wilt." Yep. Which is the first commandment in the Satanic Bible. That he wrote. So it's all about serving yourself. Sorry. It's all about yeah. serving yourself, self-service. Self-service. Put yourself as number one. Yep. You are God. You are your own God. Mm-hmm. And that's basically Satan. Like, if I feel good killing you, then that's cool. Right. They can do what they want. And and so all of that comes from the Luciferian spirit, how Lucifer felt as if he was better than God and he had all the power in himself to take God's place, which is insane. But also on top of that, Lucifer also would usher in the presence of God in heaven before he was cast out. Can can you speak on that and how that kind of, that seems to be like Lucifer's, uh, his go-to. He knows music, right? Can you yeah. speak on that? Well, yeah. I mean, if you go back into Genesis, you find these characters, uh, Jubal and Tubal. They've got these weird names, but they're the sons of Lamech and the daughters of Lamech. And one of them is a musician. He's the father of all musicians. And these people were satanically inspired. One of them was a weapons manufacturer, the first, the manufacturer, first manufacturer of weapons. And these people, they had this satanic knowledge of what they were doing. And Lucifer has always made sure he's going to have somebody who knows exactly how to make music in a way that's going to massively uh, impact people and alter people's behavior. And, yeah. and all through the Bible, you've got, you've got certain musical moments where Nebuchadnezzar tells the people, bow down, listen to this music, and do as I say. Mm-hmm. And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, no, we're not going to do that. And, you know, you've got, all these, you've got these moments of all, as well in the Bible where you see um, God using music. Like Elisha says, bring me a minstrel so that, I might, that I might prophesy. Mm-hmm. You know, and the minstrel plays and then he prophesies and then Saul is vexed with an unclean wicked spirit and then David plays you know plays the harp and calm yep. Yep. He plays the, yeah but you can see the music's in there man music's influencing everything mm-hmm. you know I, I, I know music's going to be a big part of the rapture the Bible says a trumpet blast is going to yeah. blow the people who can hear it are going to be the people who have been tuning in to God's spirit their whole life Right, the fake Christians won't hear it. Oh, you know what I'm saying? They won't. They won't hear the rapture. They won't. They won't, they won't be there. It's, it's music is so important, and it's it, it's what wavelength really. That's why some people say, "Oh, worldly music, you know, it's okay. It's not gonna. It's not gonna affect you." Yes, it will affect you, man. Yeah, I just realized that scripture, Genesis four. That's the the text I was thinking about with uh, Lamech, his two wives. Uh, Jabal, the father of those who dwell in tents and keep livestock, so the first farmer. Verse 21, his brother's name was Jubal, the father of all those who play the harp and flutes. And the reason why these people are significant is because their father, Lamech, was an evil man, man. He, he's like a murderer. And these yeah. people were wicked. And they're juxtaposed, they're juxtaposed next to the sons of Enoch who called on the name of the Lord, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like a wicked family and a righteous family. Mm. It ends up with Genesis 11, where they're all building the Tower of Babel, man. And music played a part in that, you know. Yeah. These people wicked in the extreme, you know. They're evil people, and they're playing evil music, man. You know. 
Yeah. You can see the wickedness in, in what they're doing because of their father's lambing. Yeah. Deep, deep. I mean, music opens up. I, I mean, I was, I, this may sound a bit out there, and it probably is out there because it's got no biblical foundation for what I'm going to say to you. But before I was saved, I met a witch. And she said, yeah, you're going to be successful. She said, I need to tell you some stuff. And she said, you know, you, you can influence people through music. Because mm. there's three there's three different areas of people's spirit that you can open up. And there's certain music and certain instruments that open up those areas. Yeah. And at first I was I was kind of cynical. I was like, Yeah, okay, just keep talking. And then she said, you know, if you want to get people to move sexually and get them to feel sensual, you've got to play drums and bass. And then I started thinking, mm. I said, Okay, carry on. And she says, Yeah, you know, the the soul the soulish realm the emotions, the feeling, the, the, the intellect, that's triggered through the piano, cello, those kind of... You know, you've heard the Beatles music. It's, 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 this bears out in everything that they ever did. It's like they understood yeah. these principles. You know, yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. And there's the cello playing, mm -hmm. and, you know, very emotional. And then she said, if you want to move people in the spirit realm, you get a choir playing and you play string, high strings. And I started mm -hmm. to uh, practice this. And I wrote a song called Mysteries. And that song has all those principles in it. Mm. And, and I realized that she's, she's given me the formula to control people. Wow. But then I got saved and I, cha I changed the words wow. of that song. Come on. Yeah. And it's still, it's still called Mysteries, but now it's called Mysteries of Life. Yeah. And it's asking the questions, you know, you know, what is the answer? The answer is Jesus. But that song has all those principles. Oh, wow. It's got bass. It's got strings. It's got cello. It's got everything. It just opens you up. When you People have said to me, that's my favorite song of all the songs you've ever done. Because mm. it, um, it, it uses that all those principles. I got to go back and listen to it. Yeah, now, man. yeah. I'm, I'm going to listen to it differently now. Because that, that, having that little bit of insight brings a different perspective to music mm -hmm. most definitely and and i know that a lot of our um the uh the uh, youth or young adults as i like to refer to them as that that tune in to this to this podcast and listen to us i i mean a lot of them are are, are attracted to music and today's generation music is it's not to me, I'm like, you know what? The music's not even that good. You know, it's not like the the, the R&Bs from the '90s that I was raised up in. It, right. It's not even that good anymore. But it, it's it's there's like a catchy beat, and yeah. it's like they're all in once they hear that beat. And it's they're like, just the beat, and they're like, yeah, you know. And they it, there's a huge pull, man, towards that. Yeah. Well, have you noticed that the music now is very impersonal? It is about like the people. Yeah. Wow. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Man. Wow. I feel like I need to write a song people, to that nugget right there. <laughs> the music is impersonal, you know, just like the, the piece just like the people. Oof. So you know the people now, they, they they sit in their house, they can order pizza from the in their house, they can watch a movie. They don't have to interact with anybody. They can look at porn. They don't they don't dig people, they just dig themselves. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Absolutely. And so and the music the music reflects that. You listen to the music it's just all it's selfie all, selfish music self. it's, it's all superficial you know yeah men shall be lovers of their own self yeah <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah. It's all superficial man. 
And I, I got a question, and, and this kind of came to mind as you were talking about um, how like certain notes and certain songs have certain implications and stuff like that, and carry a certain spirit. Now, we do we need to be careful when we redeem worldly songs with certain beats, because I know sometimes when I hear a redeemed yeah. song, and and you know, I, I understand the idea behind it. You know, you want to take a song that was sinful in nature and then give God the glory. But sometimes when I hear that beat instantly, I'm reminded of that other song. Now, should we be careful like that? Should we be a little bit more original and a little bit more intentional when it comes to making music for God? Yeah, personally, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because of what you just said. I mean, we just Mm -hmm. said it, man. I mean, you know, you hear them beat and all you can think about is the original song and what was he singing about? Yeah. What mm-hmm. spirit was he on? And right. What, what, which craft did he do to get that beat? And you know, people do stuff to get, you know, listen, man, I'm, I'm, I've got a lot of friends from Nigeria and they can tell you stories, which, you know, when you, when you look at it, you, you realize this is not just Nigeria. I mean, they tell me that to get power, people have to kill and, an animal or, an, you know, some kind of... A chicken and, or a And goat. if they really want real... Yeah. Yeah, right. And the blood, and the Bible bears this out. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin, right? Right. So the shedding of blood brings power. It brings, you know, it brings atonement. But also in witchcraft, it brings demonic power. And so the, the most highest sacrifice will be a human sacrifice. Right. And a lot of these mm. people, man, they, they, they you know... A lot of these singers, if you do a biography on a really successful singer, you'll find one or two people who died yep. before they got famous. Mm. And wow. it's, it's just it's just a common knowledge. It's like a common thing. Yeah. So, you know, they, they, they have to sacrifice somebody and they, and they don't care because they want to get famous. Yeah. And that music, you're going to listen to that? You're going to sing godly songs over that? Mm. I mean, I, I personally, I think we've got the talent. And I think we can do it. I mean, when I was on staff in Walthamstow, one of the things which uh, I did was it got me in a bit of trouble, but kind of the pastor, we need to build a studio, you know? So we did. And he said, well, what's the budget? And I said, well, it'd be about four or five grand. <laughs> he ended up being like way more, like way double more. that. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's now being used by our young people. Wow. Yeah. To write original music. Real, original music. Mm. Yeah. I think we could, I think we could, you know, the original gospel was, was what was used by Satan to draw, he drew these young people into the world. He started making worldly music with original gospel like Sam Cooke, Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. He started off in church. I mean, it's, why shouldn't it go the other way? Right? Why should we not have the best artists now? Yep. Absolutely. That's right. We, we, what are we copying? What are we copying the world for? Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, I've always said to myself, the world's music mm. is an imitation of how real music should be. Yep. It shouldn't be like that. It should be like the way we do it. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I've used worldly beats. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to be hypocritical because I've used worldly music. But the, the original music was always something that was quite innocent. Yeah. But, but most of my stuff is, is original. I try to get people to think original. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, so I have one more thing, I, and it, it kind of went along the lines. The last thing you said, 
Um, when you came and did the revival for us recently, what was it back in July? Was it July? You did a revival yeah. for us. Um, you said something. July. Yeah. You, you, you said something over the pulpit that really caught my attention. And you said you were talking directly to the teenagers <clears throat> And, and I love it whenever pastors speak directly to the teens because I have a teenager and I'm like, oh, they definitely this is gonna, catch it. I need they, to, I, I wonder what this is going to be. I know this is going to be something good. They tune in. They tune in. Mm-hmm. And so you said, teens, your curiosity with the world is going to be the thing that takes you out. And, and when I heard it, I was just like, man, that is, that, that couldn't be. Yeah more spot on because my boys and my daughter, they're raised in, essentially raised in church. My oldest son, he's 17. He's about to be 18 in, in January. And he's been essentially raised in the church since he was like three years old. And you can see they go to public school. There is this curiosity, this, uh, um, with the, with the, with the world, whether it comes from the, uh, um, you know, something they might have saw on a television or words that they've heard in songs or influence from their friends because they go to public school. You know, mm. I, can can you can you speak on that? Like that curiosity that would draw a kid out of um, the 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 comfort, not the comfort, the the covering of God and the church and the body of Christ into the world. Well, they they they. To the church kid, church is extremely boring. I mean, they're looking at church and they're like, man, this ain't where the fun is at. The fun's out there. Mm-hmm. You know? And what they don't realize is the fun's not out there. The despair and the brokenness and the hurt is out there. Mm-hmm. But it dresses itself up. It looks like fun. So in their mm-hmm. minds, they're thinking, man, we want to see this guy on. And obviously, it's, you know, they, they, they experiment. Some of them realize. No, it's, it's a bunch of garbage. I don't want nothing to do with it. But sin always takes you further than you want to go. Mm-hmm. And yeah. keeps you longer so than you want to stay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's what snares people. They, they they feel like, man, I want to try this. I'm not going to say nothing to no one. They try it. And then before you know it, they're hooked on something they shouldn't be hooked on. They're stuck. And they can't really talk to it. No one even knows they're in it. That mm. so, so it's like there's silence about it all traps them and then they and then they're stuck but it's the curiosity that starts it all off the only way to avoid it is to let them see kind of what okay you want to look at this this is where it's going mm. uh, and I, I don't know how you know how you can do that without sometimes you have to do it and just let people see yeah, but sometimes that you can't do it without violating them somewhat. Yeah, right. um, you know we've we've done some shocking work a long time ago. We kind of showed some stuff on you know on the world to, to get people to see. Man, it's just futile. You don't want to be down, going down this road. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. And sometimes our testimonies. You know, some of the stuff you said. That that will make them realize there's nothing out there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually stinks. It's like an apple. The world's like an apple. You bite it, and it's really tasty. And it, you, you get to the middle of it, and there's all worms. 
Mm. And then you realise, man, I swallowed some of that already without realising. Wow. It's too late. You cooked you. Yeah. Best not to even bite it. Keep away from it. It's nastiness. Mm. Yeah, that's right. It's hard. It's hard to tell them that. Very no, yeah, but there there's ways to show it. There's ways to like like you said, right? And so I you as soon as you said that, I and it just it, it just dawned on me. I'm like, these a lot of these young adults saw that on this last trip to the Bronx that we took, this impact mm. team. They saw they saw lost people, man. And people people out there out of their minds. <laughs> like there there was they they saw madness out there. You know, that they 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 thought that it was hilarious, you know, where it's like, I can't believe that there's people like this. And it's like, yeah. I, it, it, what you just said just dawned on me where it's like, hey, listen, and, and, and if you're a young adult that went on that trip and you're listening to this, listen, listen, man, you saw what life would be like without Christ. The people that you saw out there in the streets and how crazy they looked and how crazy they were acting and, and carrying on. That's what's in store for you if you give in to that yeah. curiosity of the world. Yeah. Absolutely. Curiosity killed the cat. Yeah, man. Man. Well, Pastor, listen, uh, we, we're, we're already up approaching on, on about an hour. We don't want to take too much of your time. Uh, we we thank you. We but From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thank you so much for... Yeah taking this this time and and um and giving us nuggets spiritual yeah. nuggets man and, blessing us and this is a huge blessing and yeah. i really really appreciate it yeah absolutely no worries man. i'm pleased i could i'm really pleased i could contribute and help you guys man because i don't know what you're trying to do you're trying to help and you're trying to do something man yeah and i, I, I respect that you know what i'm saying so if i can help in the future let me know man man thank yeah. you Thank God for that. Thanks, Pastor. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. <laughs> we we it, it, it helps us knowing we got the backing of uh the great pastor Ernie Topping. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy, man? Everyone's yeah. always talking about this. I'm guy. telling you. The great pastor yeah. Ernie Topping. Yeah. Like, <laughs> are, are they talking about me? Because I don't I don't feel too great in this when I come out of the sky in the morning and trying to get the morning prayer. I don't feel too great there. <laughs> <laughs> No, listen, Pastor. You, this is uh, this is awesome. Uh, for for any of our listeners, what, what's 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 one of your? This is the very last question, I promise, and that's it. We'll we'll just wrap it up. What's one of your most favorite songs that you've sang that you like to recommend? Where it's like, hey, this song has a lot of things in it. Listen to this. Uh, it's probably five songs. Five songs. Five? Okay, yeah, yeah. So we got five. a top. We have a top five. Top five. Let's okay. The top, let's top hear it. Five. Top five. Uh, the one mysteries I just mentioned because of the spiritual nature, of the journey it takes you on. It just leads you to Christ through music and things. Number four would be uh, would be without love because of the words mm-hmm. straight from First Corinthians thirteen. It's incredible words. Incredible, incredible. I love that one. I love that one. It's a beautiful words, man. The, the words of the Bible. Are most beautiful words ever written. And that, those words in that song are probably some of them the most beautiful words in the Bible. Mm, so yeah. that's number, that'd be number four. Number three would be uh, probably uh, Oh Man of God. Oh Man of my God. my calling. Mm. Yeah. Yes. That's how I was 
called to preach. That was me. Number two would be uh, Five More Minutes. It's a, a newish song. It's a song about a man standing before God and what what happens to him. Mm. And the number one would be Judge, Judgment Day. Judgment oh, Day. Yeah, yes. Man. Pretty deep. That's a that's good very one. Very deep. Yeah. Now, now, that's an eye opener. I need to write more songs like that, man. This is such a deep song. Yeah. <laughs> panoramic view that is given in that song I mean I, you know when sometimes I, I hear these songs I think this wasn't me I didn't write this yeah there's no way I could have wrote that it's the panorama that comes from God you know mm. no way someone could just sit down and write a song yeah. it's just downloaded and all I did was just sing it it's, yeah that's it, amazing yeah, it was one well, Pastor, thank you for your time again, and 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 I pray God continues to anoint your ministry. Yeah, absolutely. And, and real, it's a privilege. real quick, could you tell people where they can find your music because your music is a is a ministry in itself. And if there's anyone listening that doesn't know where they can find your music, or could you could you kind of let them know? Yeah, just uh, put in in Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, uh, and YouTube. Just put in Ernie Topping, and you'll probably see Judgment Day. You'll probably see, that's probably the main one you'll see, Judgment Day. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, put in awesome. Ernie Topping, Judgment Day. There you go. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Right, thank thank you so much. Thanks, man. And I really appreciate it. Send me the link to this, to this podcast in the future. I want to have a listen, see what you guys Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. sir. We'll do. And it's my privilege, man. I really appreciate the invitation. Seriously, yeah. I, I thank God for guys like you, man, and just doing this, man. Awesome. Praise God. That's that's encouraging. Yeah. Very encouraging. That. Thank you. Um, to all the listeners out there, um, if you guys want to give us some feedback, as always, follow us on Instagram at the KTB Podcast. And if you want to send us some feedback, we'd love to hear it. We'd love to hear how we're doing. Uh, questions from you guys. We thrive off of constructive criticism. Me and Ernie, we're not professionals. We do this to kind of give some value to our listeners. Uh, we have good conversations like the one we had here today, uh, tonight for, for Pastor Toppin. And um, we just want to hear from you guys. So give us a follow and uh, give us some feedback. Yep. That being said, KTB out. Later. If you like what you just heard, and you want to support the podcast? Consider becoming a patron. Head on over to patreon.com backslash the KTB podcast and become a patron today. All of your support will go to improving the viewing and listening experience. Thank you for your support. It is much appreciated.